Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in Capricorn 2. I'm joined today by my good friend Andrea Azanic from Croatia. Uh, I've been practicing that for a few weeks, so uh, hopefully I'm getting a... She says that I sound like a drunk Croatian, so I'll take it. <laughs> but how are you doing today, Andrea? Uh, well, I'm I'm super uh, here in Velika Gorica is already festive, so everybody's getting ready to celebrate New Year. So there's like music in the streets and people and everything. So um, yeah, it's, I'm I'm feeling really great. So yeah, and I'm I'm super super honored that I'm here today. So thank you for this opportunity, yeah. and I hope I'm gonna learn something as a a tiny baby astrologer in the making. So yeah, feeling really great and happy to be here and part of this community also. Yeah, very cool. Do you have fireworks going on yeah. outside already? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'm like, oh, shoot. Yeah, so that's why I said that we're in the festive mood already. So like, All right. we're already, we're already well, well, we'll celebrate with, with you today on the on the live stream. So you are a, a tarot reader. Um, you have a, an interesting natural cosmetic business that you've been a part of, right? Tell us a little bit more about your journey with astrology and tarot and all of the things that you have to offer. Uh, so basically this, like the whole story starts, uh, when I was 15, my father brought me the first tarot deck and a book from, uh, Derek and Julia Parker on divinational tools and kind of, you know, topics, uh, on divination. And it was the first time that I saw tarot or astrology or like teaching, uh, you know, Nordic runes and things like that. So it just really it kind of grabbed my attention because I was a, a child, a teen. And uh, also my grandfather was into like Eastern philosophies, the traditional Chinese medicine and tarot also, but we were too young to talk about that. So um, basically it was kind of in the family. And ever since I'm 15, I was doing tarot the whole time just kind of playing around with it you know reading for my friends my sister also reads tarot so we were playing around with that and when i was 20 um it kind of started to be a little more serious and in the last five years i really started to dive deep um into different schools like you have english schools with uh, uh rider white smith or Marseille or, you know, like 14th century tarot, 15th century uh, tarot history and so on. Sure. And um, I think somewhere where uh, somewhere along when uh, kind of uh, Uranus hit my uh, midheaven, mm -hmm. astrology just kind of popped in and um, I've been kind of reading about it. And then I got into the school uh, for astrological education in Zagreb uh, under Igor Ognjanovic. So and here I am. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I've been really impressed with your work um, on Instagram when you've been joining my good friend CV Henriette on Art of the Zodiac. I always thought you you have a lot of really interesting stories to offer. And, and your Instagram is really beautiful, too. You've got a really nice artistic layout there. And uh, I, th there's always these posts that Andrea is um, putting up saying a message for someone. And I'm like, oh, it's a message for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, was, um, but yes, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And so you have um, a website, Space Tiger Tarot. Uh, is it spacetigertarot.com or what is it, your website? Uh, no, it's uh, basically Wix. So it's Space Tiger Tarot 9 with a number 9.vix.com, uh, okay. I believe. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm mainly um, kind of focused on Instagram because it kind of um, gets me an opportunity to, to um, chat with people faster and to kind of exchange ideas and to communicate. So mainly like I'm mostly active on, on Instagram, but uh, hopefully I'll kind of, I need like a new domain name or something like that. And to sure. be like a little bit more. Um, um, so we can find you on Instagram at space tiger tarot nine, right? Yes. Okay. Very good. So give, give Andrea a, a follow on space tiger tarot nine on Instagram. Um, we've got a few people joining us in the chat box here. We've got Brittany stopping in from Ontario, Canada. Happy new year. Um, we're, we're celebrating the new year with, with Andrea, who is, uh, I think you're what, five or six hours. Ahead yeah, of it's, yeah, it's where, yeah, I think six hours. So it's 1905 here. So yeah, okay. 19. We've got Nino joining us. So <clears throat> all of you out in the, in the uh, chat box there, if you're joining us today, let us know where you're, where you're coming from and maybe what some of your, um, uh, favorite things of 2021 were and what you're looking forward to in 2022 and hopefully we'll help to ring in the new year with you today. Um, before we dive into the new moon in Capricorn, I wanted to just uh, get a few housekeeping things out of the way here. Um, today is the last day for the 20% the discount of my Decans of Capricorn webinar that's going to be happening on January the 15th. Um, you can also sign up for a bundle with Capricorn Aquarius and Pisces and get 20% off of that as well, but that expires on the 1st of January. So if you've been interested in that and you've been on the fence about signing up, today's a great day to take some of that, I don't know, Christmas money or, or whatever <laughs> and sign up if you're if you're interested in, in learning about the Deccans of Capricorn. Um, as well, I also offer uh, transit readings that can help you to ring in the new year in style. Uh, I do three and six month ahead transit readings. So if you're interested in that, you can find that on my website, spencermichaud.com. All right, my friends, that's pretty much the most, the housekeeping things of the day. Uh, if you'd like to make a material donation to the show, there's a little dollar sign in the chat box that's called a super chat or a super sticker. That helps me buy, that buys me the gift of time to do the research that I do. So I always appreciate all of your help there. So thank you so much. Wendy's stopping in from Seattle. Hello, Wendy. Nice to see you as well. All right, Andrea, should we should we get started? Should we pull the chart up? Yes. All right, so let's take a look at our new moon and see what we can see. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at the chart of January 2nd, 2022. Uh, this is a second decan capricorn new moon at 12 degrees of capricorn where the moon and the sun are coming together um, we've got venus co-present still in her retrograde phase in capricorn um, pluto still hanging out in capricorn uh, jupiter recently ingressed into pisces and um, in this chart mercury has gone into aquarius as well um, any big picture thoughts about this this new moon, Andrea? Well, uh, I was looking at it for a couple of days, like the chart and how the moon is uh, slowly getting into um, the Capricorn. And I don't know why I was always getting this image of this epic journey of some sort, you know, like uh, Odyssey or let's see, Jason and uh, Argonauts or, um, you know, Star Trek or things like that, you know, and um it was it was kind of because we have uh, a whole bunch of planets here now it's almost like this ship you know this new idea uh that's 
kind of opening. Um, and I don't know, it was just like that energy of this uh, kind of new journey and which is also great because, you know, it's the end of, of the year basically. So that's kind of like the, the main theme that I saw and also looking at the degrees and, you know, some fixed stars that are there. It was kind of a very prominent theme of, you know, ship crew and who's the captain and, you know, what kind of this mysterious adventure we are going on. So those would be like my initial thoughts on, on this new moon in Capricorn, which is kind of, um, you know, there's this uh, theme of the sea and of the ship, but it's Capricorn, which is kind of, you know, half earth, half water sign in a way, you know, mythologically. So yeah, that would be my kind of opening, uh, opening thoughts on this new moon. Yeah, that's a great point about um, kind of the almost the combination of of earth and, and water on some level. Um, you know, one of the most uh, famous myths around Capricorn was surrounding a sea goat named Precus. Mm-hmm. And Precus was like the, the, for those unfamiliar, was the, the I don't know, the leader or the, the king of the sea goats. And he had trouble with his, his kids uh, leaving the ocean, you know, and, and going ashore, like very, in a very ambitious way, trying to climb out of the sea. And once they would climb out of the ocean, though, they would lose their ability to speak and lose their ability to, uh, I don't know, to think, and they would just turn into regular goats. So there's definitely some things to unpack with, with that metaphor. Um, poor Precus had the was a, a son of Kronos or Saturn, who uh, is the, the planetary ruler of Capricorn, and he had the ability to turn back time. So he kept turning back time, to, like over and over again, to keep his children from leaving the ocean and turning into regular goats. But eventually, they just kept leaving. He couldn't he couldn't stop the the forces of nature on that in that regard, and um, eventually Precus. Uh, petitioned his father Kronos to allow him to die because he f- was lonely, <laughs> and, and and Saturn granted him this uh, this honor and and cast him into the stars as the constellation Capricorn. So, some things to unpack with that for sure. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things I'm seeing right away with this, just at least on a mundane level, and we can dive into that those significations we were talking about here is we've got a trine with Uranus. And this is a, this Deccan is called the Pyramid by Austin Kopic. And we've got the three of pentacles like that we were discussing earlier. Andrea and I have been uh, talking a lot about this new moon in the, in the back channels of the Instagram. And um, it's a very ambitious, it's a very ambitious Deccan. You know, it's, it's really building these like concrete structures. Um, There's hard work and toil associated with it. But we have to be careful about being overly ambitious. And I think that that story of Precus really brings that into the fore, where if we become like Precus's children and try to, you know, climb too high, we can, we can lose our, our, our emotional nature. We can lose our t- touch with spirit, which I think sometimes the ocean can represent as well as that spiritual consciousness that we're a part of. Um, let's see. Now, one of the things you and I were discussing was that with this new moon, the moon is actually in a condition called out of bounds. Tell us a little bit more about that because you were you had some really great thoughts on that. Well, yeah, so I did because it, you surprised me with that. I didn't even know um, the, about this technique and, you know, how it's used. 
but it, it was uh, it was a very interesting thing um, about uh, Moon being out of the bounds because Stephen Forrest talks about um, when a planet is out of the bounds, it, it kind of acts a little bit differently. It's almost like um, it's the energy of thinking out of the box. It's it's almost like a, a planet becomes a little bit um, Uranian or Aquarian in its nature. This moon in particular, um, and it's it's kind of it's a, a dramatic moon. It's a, it's a, a punk moon, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how I uh, sorry because you know he he doesn't he doesn't stick to the regular movement he he went a little bit on the outside so um, I cannot remember how many degrees I think it was like between twenty seven or something so don't don't hold me on that because it's it's new to me but I loved how Stephen Forrest was talking about uh, Sigmund Freud having this type of moon and thinking out of the box in his own time like saying that. Uh, a man has this thing that is the subconscious that he's not conscious of. And that was uh, a really a statement at that time, or, you know, many other people like um, Albert Einstein, you know, mm. being the one with the moon that's out of the bound. So you have this kind of archetype of someone who is uh, Promethean, who thinks out of the box, uh, who's acting on his kind of in his own way. Uh, that's, different um than everybody else uh behaving so it's yeah. it's an interesting thing to have uh, a new moon that's out of the bounds because new moon on itself is very mysterious and um like dark and doesn't uh doesn't kind of reflect what's going on around us uh but it's like it's more like an egg in a shell so having that mystery and like mystery that's out of the box it's like extra mystery or very dramatic. So that's why I said that it's like a dramatic moon. Um, and how interesting is it that it's it's trying Uranus? So mm -hmm. like these double themes of like, I like that you bring in Prometheus because that's the mm -hmm. that's the way that Richard Tarnas talks about uh, Uranus is kind of that Promethean energy, yeah. the one who is is um, gifting fire to humanity, but sometimes at the cost of great suffering. So it's yeah. like this this gift of vision, a visionary quality of maybe future oriented thinking, some kind of empowerment, but at maybe at a personal cost. And I'm I'm seeing that with this out of bounds moon. Um, yeah, the, I think that the I believe that the degrees with out of bounds moon. Now, what we're talking about when a moon is out of bounds is declination. So. Yeah. We have zodiacal degrees, but we also have declination, which is how high or how low a planet is off of the ecliptic. So this is the path of the sun. And the, and the sun rises um, tw 23 degrees and 36 minutes above or below the ecliptic, I believe. That's the range mm -hmm. of the sun. And anytime a planet goes outside of that range, um, it is going to be said to be out of bounds. And the, what, I'm, what I'm understanding, and you, that was a, a great summary with Stephen Forrest's take on it. I mean, you know, basically just the, like the, the ancient astrologers would say that it was outside of the domain of the king, king like, yeah. right? The, the solar king. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's just a planet that's not following the rules. It's saying, mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to do my own thing. And it may be even more like a pure expression of that particular planet for better or for worse yeah. so maybe with the moon 
this one may be a more pure expression of the body, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe where we could say that it's, uh, we may be so focused on the material reality and form that we mm -hmm. may have some trouble with the, the spiritual essence that needs to be infused into that body. Um, it may be emotional swings or emotional extremes. I, I was reading one example that they were giving online about Kurt Cobain having mm -hmm. a progressed moon uh, out of bounds and he shot to stardom and but eventually had some really some trouble with his emotional nature to the point of suicide. So uh, it, it's um, I think that one of the things we might be seeing here is um, really having difficulty getting in touch with the nurturing part of ourself um, that is infused with spirit. I, I think it, it might be dangerous to get ambitious to the point of like only focusing on the material reality, which is one of the, I think one of the dangers of Capricorn. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean we can't aspire. I think that's, we got to climb like a good mountain goat, right? But we have to yeah. infuse it with some kind of purpose and meaning. Um, I think the other thing I would say with this, with the combination of this new moon trine Uranus and out of bounds is whatever plan that you're trying to put into place, because remember Austin Kopic is thinking about this as a, a blueprint, like an architectural plan type of thing that requires cooperation. So it's not just an, a solitary journey. It's, it's one that requires help from other people. Yeah. Um, I think that, it, that not getting attached to doing it the conventional way is really important at this new moon. And I think we're going to be faced with a choice here too, as far as how we infuse meaning into something. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that the kind of the next thing I wanted to touch on with this is we've got both Jupiter and Saturn in their own domiciles. Now mm -hmm. Jupiter recently ingressing into Pisces. And you actually have this placement natally, correct? So I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Jupiter and Pisces and how that's manifested for you. Uh, so, uh, so far, uh, I told you, like, I had this really weird day that was very challenging, both for the nerves and, and like, the body. Mm -hmm. But uh, for some, I mean, that's Jupiter magic for sure. Uh, I, I was very lucky that day because every single blockage that I had on the road that day was just kind of it was just you know swishing you know I was I was really in the flow that day and a lot of people were helping me um kind of to tackle those challenges and those were people who were not like family or friends but strangers mm -hmm. so I had like a really really great day with uh with Jupiter and um also um since I have it in my natal chart um I one thing that I um kind of noticed with that is how we can be the ones that bring fortune to the others or luck or kind of just be in the right time uh in the right place uh saying the right word um so um you can already really really feel the energy of jupiter and pisces i mean i don't know for you but uh, we had yeah, a discussion on like it. like super synchronicities and yeah. things that are kind of happening and like small gifts or mm. big gifts you know that are coming our way and opportunities and um things that can make us kind of progress uh in the future mm -hmm. and it's almost like if you have a story at this time um the jupiter in pisces can like really expand that story but uh 
what I noticed that's in interesting about, you know, the sign of the Pisces, it almost looks like a little link, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's kind of, it's linking you to others. It's linking you to opportunities. Uh, it can link you to people or some thoughts and dreams that can uh, become like a chain of something new, you know, like a, a way or a path of something new. So that's like what I'm feeling so far. And uh, what I've seen as kind of Jupiter is back into Pisces. So it's, you well, know, maybe maybe linking the physical and the spiritual world too, yes, or the, the inner and yeah. the outer, yeah. right? I mean, but like yeah. when, you, oh, sorry, <laughs> I mean, uh, because uh, I'm into yoga. So basically what yoga means, it's yoking or like chaining uh, different parts, you know, like the spiritual, the body, the mental, you know, like how we live and exist in this world. So I see that also, you know, like, like linking of the, of definitely of the, you know, of the spiritual and like, soul to the body and becoming more aware of that so yeah absolutely well and you were saying little little gifts that jupiter can bring that mm -hmm. that may seem small in the in the in the initial part but then they can you know manifest and kind of uh, i don't know like you said link to other things that that you look back and it's wow mm -hmm. that was a really watershed moment mm -hmm. i'll show i'll show everybody here if i can move this over here this is my Jupiter story. I don't know if y'all can see that. <laughs> this is, hold on a second. This is my, my new reading chair. <laughs> this is my new reading chair that I found off of like Facebook marketplace that was about a mile from my house. And it was a, it was the day that Jupiter moved into Pisces and it was an epic journey to strap this very large, uh, maybe pleather <laughs> chair to my to my car because it didn't fit in the car so we had to strap it and like drive very slowly back um but i picked it up uh when jupiter was on the ascendant pisces rising in the jupiter hour um and then as we were getting it home my partner and i were taking it out of the car and three swans like a, a bird of Jupiter and three uh, is a number of Jupiter, according to my, my good friend Clifford Lowe, uh, three swans flew right over us and started honking at us. And I was like, oh, OK, thanks. Thanks, Zeus. <laughs> like, appreciate the, the help and the gift. And for me, this is, you know, this chair to me represents um, a, a space that I'm creating in my life to be able to engage with more of the the library and the books that I've been acquiring over a period of time to be able to integrate all of that knowledge into my experience very much like Jupiter likes to bring harmony and order and peace so so for me this is a this is, represents a quiet comfortable space to be able to go into the recesses of my mind like Pisces is asking us to, or Jupiter is asking us to do mm. in the first second of Pisces because we've got this this mm. eight of cups card here where we may be leaving that the, that material success behind in search of a higher meaning and a higher purpose. Um, one thing I want to add with this that that I think that I just saw another uh, astrologer on Instagram point out. I'm trying to remember her name. I believe her she's part of the Cosmogenic podcast, um, but she was pointing out that there is a mixed bag with Jupiter leaving Aquarius. Uh, mm -hmm. And for the point being, and I'll bring the chart back up here. Point being that when Jupiter was in Aquarius, it was granting some benevolence and sort of smoothing over some of the experience of Saturn, which is it's Saturn in Aquarius is creating this distance, creating this 
mm, this need to be separate on some level and to, to rise above the, mm. I don't know, on the mountaintop to see, excuse me, far into the future. Now, when Jupiter leaves Pisces, or sorry, leaves Aquarius, it's losing some of that good beneficence of the greater benefic here. And it has its own agenda um, instead of working together with Saturn. And I, I, I noticed that the last time Jupiter moved into Pisces, we in America, at least the CDC was talking about not having to wear a mask anymore or something like that. Like literally the day of they're like, you don't need a mask anymore. The, it's, every, the pandemic's over. <laughs> so it, was, it seemed like that's what they were thinking about. Like they were releasing some of the, the boundaries. Right. And of course, we've had this this backswing coming back. Um, and, and on that track, there was another report recently where the CDC was saying that the amount of time that you needed to quarantine after getting COVID was reduced from 10 days to five days, right as Jupiter was moving into Pisces. So another loosening of the restrictions, right? So I, I think that, that that's something that I'm um, a little bit cautious of just as far as like, how do we balance out this Jupiterian need for freedom, expansion, limitlessness versus the, the Saturnian need for limits and structure and for a container for all of these things? What do you think about that? I mean, that's something that's sticking out to me. Like, I can't quite shake that part in my brain. Well, um, and this is this is really a good discussion, especially on this moon uh, in in Capricorn, because you know Cap Capricorn is all about like building structures and something that lasts, and you know having like this new moon as a little seed, uh, kind of planted into our um, into our like being in a way or into our like spiritual body, is that sometimes uh, we need certain structures and rules and regulations in order to know how free we can truly be. Because right. Jupiter is all about expansion and freedom, but it's really hard to expand when, when you don't know where the, the boundaries are in a way, yes. you know? So yes. you can go indefinitely and just like, you know, punch into a, some sort of a wall that you didn't know. So, so with this energies, uh, in particular, uh, I think it's best to go like step by step and be a little more kind of cautious. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that you're losing your freedom. You're just exploring it. You know, it's almost like um, if you have a child, if some of you out there are parents and, you know, you, you're not going to let your child run around like, you know, crazy and uh, maybe be in danger of like slamming into a, wa a wall or falling or something like that. It's It's almost like maybe more in the energy of kind of exploring what it means to uh, be safe uh, without losing your freedom in a way. Right, right. So this is like a good thing because um, Saturn is in Aquarius and Jupiter is in Pisces. So they're both in their own signs, but it doesn't mean that we can, we have to go to, to the extreme of one or the other in a True. way we can like marry those energies um, especially with this, as I say, like new moon out of bounds in Capricorn. It's already that story of, I should go to the extreme, but I'm, a, you know, Capricornian in, in nature like today. So it's almost like we're getting a little taste of that, um, like how to move uh, and have still have like our freedom and our sense that we can expand, but also getting to know, you know, where the boundary is. Uh, you, you talk a lot about that glass ceiling 
yeah. with the with the Aquarius, and that's it because it's a glass ceiling. You don't you don't see it, so you can really bump your head into that. <laughs> yeah. you don't like you know touch it if you're not physical with it. So um, this is a good point not to make like the similar mistakes that we made before uh, in the past when Jupiter went into Pisces and then retrograded back. Right. This is like a second chance, you know, like, okay, we have a little bump now mm. and I'm, I'm like softening this up like a little bump, but it's not a little bump, but, <laughs> right. you know, um, hopefully, you know, now we know where the, the boundary is and we can be a little bit more kind of cautious and just explore and, and start like pushing it a little bit, but not like going to the extreme. So that will be my thoughts on that. I love that. I love that. Cause you know, I, I agree 100% that we need to know the limits and the boundaries that we can grow within. Mm -hmm. And I would even add to that, that, you know, since Saturn is outside the planetary sphere of Jupiter in, in ancient astrology, they would think of that as sort of a closer to the divine. So mm -hmm. the, the, there was this relationship between Jupiter and Saturn where Saturn was providing the scaffolding, the, the backbone, the foundation, mm -hmm. the blueprint, like we've been talking about with this Capricorn two Deccan that Jupiter then creates from. So we're still creating from a Saturn that is saying, hey, discipline and delayed gratification and things like that is really important. And Ju the other point I wanted to make that, when it, that came up when you were describing this was Jupiter is in the nocturnal sign mm. uh, that it rules, which may be about expanding your inner vision rather than necessarily having to externalize it right away, right? So maybe this is the time to start dreaming and, and not thinking about the limitations of your dream so that when the time to move forward comes, then you can be ready. Like this is one of the things I love about the I Ching is it really talks a lot about proper timing. Mm. And, um, you know, it's not always time to take action in the external world. It's sometimes it's time to prepare for when your opportunity comes to you yeah. and i love and, that yeah and i just wanted to add because we have neptune here in pisces so what comes to my mind is like a simulation you know because like mm -hmm. neptune is like this sort of a blurry vision but it still is a sort of a vision mm -hmm. so you know uh, things like um maybe sketching out your dreams or journaling about your dreams uh, and when i say dreams i don't mean like you know go go to bed dream but like the visions that you have for the future uh maybe simulating them first and it's almost like creating like you know saturn and jupiter and neptune are creating this virtual reality and we are blessed with technology so you can maybe simulate how it would be uh, to move forward in future without, you know, actually just running and rushing uh, into it. Because Pisces is, um, you know, all about that, something that is outside of us. It's, it's as you said, like something that's closer to God and Pisces is, is the oldest of the signs. So it's already out, you know, it's already transforming into something new but has the wisdom of all other 11 zodiac signs until you you get to the pisces so it's it's this kind of we have this kind of soft energy of been there done that in a way where you you have enough tools to simulate how it would be to go into something new right. but you have this past experience so you can start something new uh, 
using your past experience, whether they're spiritual or in the physical realm. And so I think this is a really a great moment to use that energy of Neptune and Pisces to kind of simulate and dream and paint a picture or, you know, uh, take a photography maybe of what we want to accomplish, uh, whether it's in the spiritual realm or, you know, physical realm. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, and this is this first decade of Pisces is actually Saturn ruled. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I see there's a journey in Pisces where, you know, the first 10 degrees the prevailing feeling might actually be a dissatisfaction, right? <laughs> where we're like, yeah. oh, I'm actually not happy <laughs> with what I'm doing. Yeah. So I need to go in search of okay. something, something new. Mm -hmm. So and Jupiter's moving really fast right now, it's mm -hmm. gonna, it's gonna scream through Pisces in about five months. Mm -hmm. So it, it normally it takes a little bit longer to move through a particular sign, usually about a, a year or so depending on its cycle. Um, so we may see the dream manifest actually fairly quickly, yeah. um, but, but we've got to get in touch with what animating principle that we want to create from. I think that's the most important thing in Pisces from what I've experienced is if you're not connected to your why, mm -hmm. you know, it's very difficult to, to, to manifest that in the material world, right? Um, and, you, and I guess the other part of this is if you are escaping into the recesses of the mind, e even that should have its limitations, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's the other danger of, of escaping reality completely and you know not having your foot on the ground. And that, that might be a mistake at this Capricorn new moon because Capricorn is really about getting in touch with reality and saying, hey, w what is possible and what isn't? And especially with this moon, moon the moon is in exile in Capricorn so, you know, really having the, the maternal nurturing feeling or the parental feeling, it may fe we may feel we're lacking that, like we're faced with some harsh reality uh, that we have to deal with around this period of time as well. Okay, one other thing I want to point out about, about Jupiter before we move on is that w when we move forward like a, a day or so here, I want to just show you this because this is something that I'm cu very curious about as we're moving forward here. And this is another sort of slightly obscure technique, but I think that's sometimes what people come here for. <laughs> so, <laughs> so forgive me for like doing all the weird stuff, but this is a uh, Jupiter having its condition called being at the bends, or this is the Northern bending of the moon's, moon's nodes. So you can see that it's directly square, the North and the South node and it's moving towards the north node. So astrologers would talk about this as being a turning point, a, a point where you have to make a choice where you're moving away from the past or away from the energy that is being composted and where energy is leaving the material realm. And you're moving towards manifestation or energy that is coming in with the north node. And I'm not saying that either one of those nodes is better or worse than the other. This is something where I don't necessarily agree with evolutionary astrologers. I, I think that the nodes themselves are at best neutral, at worst actually malefic. So I, I, there's, there's, there's different thoughts about that. But the, the basic way you can think about it that I think most people can agree with is north node energy coming in, south node energy going out. So this may be where you're having to get clear about your why to be able to manifest 
into physical reality. And I think that we're moving towards um, new, more options, you know, with, with Gemini 1 here, like, how can we be flexible? How can we explore new pathways and see things from multiple perspectives rather than from this maybe old Sagittarian perspective or old beliefs that may be limiting that need to be composted, right? Now you have some some mercurial placements, don't you? Uh, yes, my uh, I have a mercury in Leo in the first house. So okay, um, and you yeah. have a, a Virgo Sun, right? In a Virgo Sun, yes. Virgo Sun. So you're you're familiar with with Hermes territory. Actually, your chart's pretty awesome. I don't know how oh, much you, you share about your chart, but you have a very well dignified chart. All the planets are in uh, a lot of dignity, so it's it's pretty cool to see some of that manifest. Yeah. Yeah, um, you were the the first one to pointed that out. I, I didn't even I didn't even realize how how really awesome it was. So so yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, you got Jupiter and Pisces. Uh, get Mercury in its joy. Yes. What else? Leo ascendant. You had some other oh, Taurus Moon, right? Taurus, Taurus Moon. moon Taurus yeah. Taurus Moon also. So um, uh, Libra in uh, uh, I'm sorry, Venus in Libra. Wow. So he likes that, and yeah, and Mars Mars in its joy in there capricorn so well there you go so look oh, yeah, at these ex exalted and domicile planets so <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of um carl jung's chart which uh he had a, a whole mess of dignity in his charts a little bit different than yours yeah. since he was aquarius rising but some similar types of mm -hmm. dignified planets okay so so jupiter being at the bends look <laughs> to the, the piscean area of your chart as a place where a decision needs to be made to move you forward to manifestation within your life and be willing to release the old belief system and old narrative around potentially the Sagittarian area of your chart um, so that you can move forward. Um, and also, if I can add just yeah. to the first uh, decan of uh, the Pisces, so it was Eight of Cups, right? Yeah. So uh, if you look at the image of Eight of Cups, uh, all the cups are left aside and they're like emptied completely emptied so it's almost like a journey when we have this question of why it's why do what what do you want to put in those cups you know with what do you want to fill them they need to be filled with something that is um that is nourishing for every one individual so this is like a great beginning of that story of bending of the nodes or that kind of traveling to that big why why am i emptying everything why am i going somewhere and what do i want to bring and fill those cups in and that's when we can find this joy and we can share that joy because we have eight of cups and we travel to the nine of cups um, right. in the tarot so yeah that's that's also something to think i love about. that i love that the idea of emptying your cup first before mm -hmm. you can receive divine inspiration i mean that's we see that parable in a lot of different spiritual practices where the master will ask the the student to to empty out the cup <laughs> you know, before they can receive some kind of yeah. enlightenment right um, i'm checking in on the chat box here we've got nino uh coming here from croatia uh, yeah welcome nino is this a, fr a friend of that's yours a friend of mine yeah he awesome. uh, that's the nino from our chat at the art of zodiac talks that we have perfect yeah so well welcome nino <laughs> we've got uh deborah coming from the home of rock and roll is that from cleveland <laughs> like, that's my best guess the home of rock and roll uh Juarge is here um hello oh, my friend <laughs> what is it 
Jore? Okay, sorry. Jore, sorry. Is this another another Croatian friend? Uh, that's actually my brother-in-law. Oh, well, hello. Hello, Jore. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, everyone. I cannot see the chat, but hello to everyone. Forgive, forgive my horrible pronunciations. I've only been able to practice Andrea's name for, for a few weeks here, so um, I'll learn, though. I have the goal of being a polymath eventually, so maybe Andrea will teach me. Will uh, help you for sure. Croatian <laughs> language. Raven is here saying that I love that Saturn doesn't go out of bounds if they are remembering correctly. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting that Saturn would would never go out of bounds because it's it is literally the the planet of boundaries. <laughs> um, Dimphy is here from the Netherlands. Hello, Dimphy, and Dimphy says now you need a good reading lamp, and Bob's your uncle. Well, Timfi, there's there's a little reading lamp right there. <laughs> so I think I'm, I think I've I've got all the things I need to hopefully uh, go through this this vast library of knowledge I've been acquiring and hopefully pay it forward and bring it all to you on this channel and in in various forms and whatnot. Um, Mortal and Wild is here joining us, I believe, from England, uh, saying at the exact moment you mentioned the word opportunity, I was liter literally looking to see that the star opportunity is currently at 27 degrees Capricorn with Mercury. <laughs> so that's cool. So some nice synchronicity there. So thank you all of you who are joining us today. It's so, so nice to see all of you in the chat box. And if there's anybody lurking out there, just tell us where you're, where you're coming from here and then I'll give you a shout out on the show. All right, Andrea, should we, should we move forward? Okay, so I'm looking at my notes here. We've, we've, we've covered moon out of bounds, I think. We've talked a little bit about Precus, the sea goat, Jupiter at the north bending of the nodes. Um, I think that the, let's see, it's Capricorn 2, let's talk about that tarot card for a little bit more, because I'm going to stop my share and I want you to maybe show me, do you have your deck with you as well, your yes, Marseille Mar deck? I'm curious oh. to see what your card looks like in the in the the older deck oh, as well. Okay, so the Marseille deck only has three of pen. I don't have it here. I have only okay. the the major arcana. I have Ryder Whitesmith with us. Okay, okay. Uh, but I'll, I'm going to just um, explain it. Uh, so yeah. it's basically just three coins uh, because tarot in, uh, in the 14th century was uh, actually a playing card game. And so it was just marked with uh, pentacles, uh, cups, uh, swords, and staffs, or the wands, just like that. So it was just three coins, uh, and there's uh, like a lot of flowers around them. So um, there are like three pentacles, uh, kind of forming a, this beautiful kind of little garden in a way. But what's interesting is when um, when the English school took over, uh, the way that uh, Pamela Smith Pam, Pamela Smith did the the deck, and we have here three people that are actually doing this architecture, and you have this element of flowers and something growing, and number three is also uh, the number of create uh, creativity and growth. Mm -hmm. So you have two, and when two come together. Uh, they form something third. So it's it's almost like, you know, marrying uh, an idea with the physical realm and creating like a church, for example, yeah. or um, or creating a house or creating a new plan. But um, the thing about Three of Pentacles, it's all about teammates or uh, someone that you are bringing in that shares the same vision as you, but has kind of a different skill which can be very well, is very well depicted in um, Three of Pentacles. So it's like, who, who is your crew? Um, <laughs> right. Way. 
yeah. or a shitmates, or you know, like people that have the same idea, but there is always one that is kind of um, uh, someone who is uh, kind of the the manager, someone who is uh, kind of setting everything up and bringing people in. So with Three of Pentacles, we have this growth or the pyramid, as Austin Kopic says, uh, where we form something that can kind of grow into four, which is stability. So this number is not stable yet, hmm. but it's the seed of new stability that grows out of creativity and that initial thought, you know, in, in a way. And I like what you were saying about finding people whose skill sets complement yours, right? Because one of the, I think one of the the best ways to be a good administrator or leader is to be able to delegate responsibility to those that that may have a different set of skills, a different set of um, ideas, or a different. I don't know. Everyone's got their specialties, right? So um, I like the fact that we're looking at you know teaming up with others for some kind of ambitious artistic project. I think if we bring in the fixed stars of this mm -hmm. deck and we've got Vega at mm -hmm. 15 degrees of Capricorn, which is this the a star in the 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 lyre of Orpheus, so the instrument of Orpheus. So we have this artistic charismatic ability maybe to get people on board with our vision, yeah. right? And then we've got Rukbot, which is a in, in the foot of of Sagittarius. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a place of stability. It's a place of uh, creating this steadiness when you're trying to aim your arrow towards a target. So how can you create the foundation? I think it also speaks to laying the foundation that we see in this uh, three of pentacles type of action. Um, let me see if I've got, I'm talking about architecture, building castles, laws and hierarchies, the structures or bones of civilization. Um, it's a Mars ruled deck, and so I th that, that was another thing I was thinking about meditating on. This is a Mars face or decan in a Saturn sign, mm -hmm. so we're we're building the foundation and the structure with Saturn, but we're taking action and doing the labor within this particular decan. So we move from Jupiter in, in Capricorn one. So like maybe like what's the what's our idea? Where's our expansive possibilities? Now we're, we're saying, okay, these are the possibilities that we're castrating into being. We're castrating all of the extra possibilities and saying, no, we're going to concretize this one into reality. And then eventually in Capricorn 3, right, we've got the Four of Pentacles, which is a sun-ruled Deccan, where we have to be the administrator, the king, or the someone who is uh, managing everything, right? Like the stability that you were talking about. Um, the one thing that I would say, the, the caution that I've been reading in various places in Austin Kopic's book and T. Susan Chang's book, 36 Secrets, is hubris is the, is the, the thing to watch out for in this deck in. And hubris being, being overly ambitious, uh, going against the will of nature or the will of the gods. Um, the, the story of the Tower of Babel comes up with this in, in various writings where you know, in the Bible, they were trying to build a tower to God through material means. And eventually God was like, lightning bolt, <laughs> like, you know, like, screw you guys, you're not going to make it through this material means. It's only through, through surrender and through uh, spiritual submission or, or whatever that it may one, be. That one I have here, I don't know. <laughs> there you go, the tower, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the tower card. Yeah, that's yeah. the story. So, yeah. 
So, yeah. so and the tower is associated with Mars too, as well, it is, right? Yeah. So, so we can see that that Mars lightning bolt, um, you know, maybe the the downside of, you know, not staying connected to our Jupiterian vision, right? To our mm -hmm. to our purpose and our meaning, and only getting concerned with the form, rather than the actual contents and containers of that form. Um, there is a daimon associated with Capricorn too, called Hygieia the goddess of health, who was a daughter of Asclepius, the healer. Asclepius was actually the daimon in Capricorn 1, so there's an interesting connection there. Um, and I think the main thing that they talk about with Hygieia was just taking care of your body when you're doing this hard, yeah. this hard uh, labor. I also found something that's really interesting. So um, Hygieia is the daughter of... Um, Help me with the name. Asclepius. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, she's actually... So uh, because um, he was this amazing healer and he can bring back people from the dead you know and he was uh, that that's why he was punished basically because he used his superpowers uh to to kind of just like despite the the laws of the gods you know and the underworld and um his daughter is actually not just the goddess of uh like health and body but also prevention of mm -hmm coming to the point where you're actually kind of dying and have to be uh, brought up back to life. So it's, it's almost like, you know, uh, work smart, not hard right. kind of type of like, just prevent the disease. And that's why we have hygiene uh, in order to kind of prevent all the, all the, all, uh, again, to prevent the extreme of going out of bounds in a way. Well, and so and that takes discipline, doesn't it? That takes daily, daily maintenance, yeah. you know, right? So it might not be one particular like push to get healthy. It's like, what habits are you going to, to incorporate in your daily life that can support your, your ambitious plans, right? Because there's nothing that'll take you off of a, a plan quicker than poor health, right? <laughs> getting sick or getting, I don't know, you know, burning yourself out if you're working too hard and not taking the time to rest as well. That's another danger of this, especially with the moon in Capricorn. I think there's a danger of overdoing it and like really just pushing ourselves way too hard because we're like, oh, it's it's now or never. I've got to I've just got to get it out there. And so I think that's that, that's a, another part with the diamond. Um, let me see. Grand designs. Difficulty getting cooperation was something else that I was thinking about here. Um, bring yeah. the chart back up. You know, because this decade is about getting help from other people. Other people, yeah. But since we're seeing uh, Venus hanging out retrograde, that may, it, there may be a little bit more difficult to get people on board than we were anticipating, yeah. especially like authority figures with Venus retrograding through the third decade of Capricorn. So uh, be careful about, you know, presenting your big project to your boss and you know be like i guess get your rhinoceros skin your 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 like thick skin on there because there may be some some things that you've missed along the process that need to be reevaluated, like your your values around that andrea i know for me in our household we my my whole family sort of had the the week and a half off from school and from work and everybody's been home and it's almost been this mad dash to restructure all of our household systems before we go back to school and work like i've got my dry erase board i mean little things like cleaning out the refrigerator and be like okay how can we 
organize this ref- this small refrigerator in a way that we can find all the food and that we won't like throw away a third of our food because we just can't see it or, or little ways of how we organize our, our day, like meal planning and things like that. So there's been a lot of discussion in our household regarding just the the fundamental structures of what we value and how we're going to use our time. And really this, I think this is the thing that the realization I've come to with this. And I wonder if you, you know, and you, you probably an efficiency expert with, with uh, that Virgo sun. Um, <laughs> You know, I wonder if we can think about it as doing this hard work now will actually free up time for us in the future. So we are, that's been one of my goals is by working ahead, like for my, I've been scheduling guests much more in advance and getting some of that work done. It frees me up to be able to do more things spontaneously in the moment, like maybe sit down and read a book rather than always playing catch up and always feeling stressed, which can lead to a breakdown in your health or in your body or your mental health. So I think that doing this hard work at this moon can really free up future possibilities that, that, you know, Jupiter then may be able to fill that in, you know, by doing the hard work. Um, yeah, this is definitely um, when you were talking, like the first thing that came to my mind is that Marie Kondo type yeah. of joy in the cleaning. Like if it brings you joy, just keep it. If it doesn't, yeah. you know, say thank you and, you know, give it away or something like that. It's almost like if you have this moment where you can uh, reevaluate what actually brings you joy. So you have your book readings. Mm-hmm. I have also my book readings um, and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, doing tarot or doing my work. So um, it's like reevaluating. And by that, you're, I mean, her method, if anyone wants to, you know, you can Google Marie Kondo and see uh, like this, you know, joy and cleaning up and sorting everything out so that you, you're actually creating not just space in your home, uh, and in your life, but you're also creating mental state because right. usually how our surroundings look, it's how we think and how we process things and how we uh, carry them emotionally. So this mm. is uh, with Venus being retrograde and reevaluating everything that we do and uh, how we op- approach things and our routine also. Uh, this is like a good time to sit down and just take uh, an hour extra to go through that. So, yeah. I love that you mentioned Marie Kondo because that was <laughs> one of the articles that I read. I actually looked up Marie, Marie Kondo or Kanmari, your refrigerator. <laughs> so, like, I have, so I have articles up on my phone about how to Kanmari your fridge. But like one, one little, I'm going to nerd out Virgo wise here, is I took these old plastic containers that I had that, that were, um, you know, they were old, like, like, lettuce containers and i put mm-hmm. labels on them for like mm-hmm. meat meat and cheeses or whatever it is and so now i'd be able to contain all yeah. of the things that were spread all over the all over the um refrigerator so now it doesn't take me 10 minutes to get something out because mm-hmm. i can't find it or because it's buried underneath a mountain of other food oh, yeah. i can just pull it out and put it back in and you'd be amazed at how much mental energy mm-hmm. that little little things yes. like that can free yes. up right it's so powerful and uh, same thing with this chair what was sitting in this corner for a period of time was an was a piano that i hadn't really touched in a really long time 
And my daughter kept asking me to play the piano. And I was like, no, it's my office. I need my space. Stay out of my office. Like, so I was being a little bit territorial. So one day I was like, you know what? I'm not playing this piano. Mm-hmm. And maybe on some level I was holding on to maybe a past experience of being a professional musician mm-hmm. and maybe not even committing 100% in my heart to this mm-hmm. new astrology path, which I think is, I'm, this is coming up as I'm, saying this is this kind of surfacing in in pluto venus style and and i we moved it into her room and she's had so much joy playing that piano in her room and i'm so happy watching her actually get use out of that piano and it freed up that space in my room yeah the chair and i've been sitting and and reading and doing what is a, a a valid expression of who i am now not who I was in the past. Not that I'm not a musician or anything like that, but my priorities have slightly shifted to where I I want to get through these books. And my daughter wants to write music. And I've kind of killed two birds with one stone and opened that energy up. And I, I think that this is another thing about Capricorn, is it is a sign that looks both backwards and forwards. So it is when we see in that story of Precus where Saturn is a planet and Precus was a, a, a deity that was trying to hold back the, mm. the, the, the tides of time. Mm. was trying to keep this, these old structures in place, but could not do it because time continues to move forward. forward yeah. And a lot of the pain that we experience is through trying to hang on to forms mm. that are no longer vital for us. And it's so liberating when we can finally just return a form to the earth and i think that's another function of saturn is saying this has ended it's okay like things end Mm. you know it's okay to let go and that liberates you to be who you are in the now and i think that's another thing to really meditate on very heavily as we go into this new year and with this new moon is who are you now and how does your environment reflect that because the physical environment i think is important with capricorn right we've been talking about that with this card. So look around in your physical space. Is it supportive of who you are now? Or is it, are you hanging on to something that you were in the past? And that can, that's the whole kind of essence of the KonMari method in general, yeah. isn't it? Is yeah. Does it spark joy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it, do you feel the love or you, does it actually bring you pain? And mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at how much stuff in our environment actually is just painful reminders of a time that's no longer here right yes and there you know you can find that you that freedom and that space that we're talking about with jupiter and pisces so you can really taste that how it feels on a smaller scale to actually have a space that represents who you are and who you want to be and you know in that way you're almost like simulating where you want to go especially with the story with your chair so what are my priorities? Where do I want to go? And how can I create, you know, build a, a structure that can hold that, you know, into, into reality, that can bring that into reality. So, so yeah, definitely. Love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> EK in the chat is saying, uh, this is a lesson that I'm working on right now. Saturn has been interacting with my son and through 2021, having plans pre-made and actually working out and not having last minute stuff is huge right mm-hmm. so like the 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 
technique of working ahead and being able to give yourself space so that you're not always playing catch up. I mean, it's, it's so huge. I mean, I did this with my readings too. I, I used to have a, I've gone from having a day in advance that people could book to 72 hours in advance to like now it's full week. Cause I just, it, it's really hard to try to plan your week out and then someone will schedule a reading. And because I prepare for a few hours for each reading, it's, it's a big commitment and it's hard to balance out all of the other things when you're doing that and you get kind of surprised. And yeah. once you can make yourself a, a schedule that you can stick to, um, it, it's so freeing. It's so freeing. Okay. Um, let's see. Should we move on? I think we've got a pretty good idea of what's going on in that three of pentacles here. Um, let's take a look at the first quarter moon. What do you say? Yes. So as we're moving forward here, the moon is moving through Aquarius. We're going to have the moon hitting uh, Saturn. Um, I believe that that is, I believe the first aspect that we get is the moon hitting um, Mercury, actually, um, when the moon is escaping from the bond or the 15 degree, uh, you know, arc of separation. So we may have good ideas about things that are outside the box type of thinking that we've been talking about here. But as we move forward, we're going to see a few things happen towards the first quarter moon. So on the 8th, here is our Venus Kazemi, all right? Mm -hmm. So the, the rebirth of Venus in the heart of the sun, where we, we may be able to bring together all the elements for this new plan and, and, and planting that seed. And all of the cooperation elements may start to move forward a little bit better um, because we get clear about what we want. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's always been the case with me is the only thing that's really stopping me from manifesting is indecision, yeah. you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, just second guessing all the time. So, um, so I think if you get clear about what your values are and what you really want to build, it's a lot easier to right. take the actions. Yeah. So when we're getting to, um, the ninth, so right here, we're seeing the first quarter moon with the moon or the, the moon at 19 degrees of Aries and the mm. sun at 19 degrees of Capricorn. And here we've got the second decan of Aries. Now, what do you know about the three of wands? Do you have any thoughts about the three of wands that would represent Aries too? Yes. So in the, in the picture of three of wands, um, we have this, um, so in uh, Three of Wands, we're waiting something to come back to us. Um, so this is Three of Wands. Can yeah. you see it? Yep. Okay, so you have you have the, these ships in the back there that are coming back to the harbor. And it's almost like you did this whole journey. You you set up a plan. You, you, you managed to get some ships. You gave everyone a task. Everybody went away. And now you're standing on the highest position waiting for it to come back. Because it's that's like the fruit of your labor. It's the action that you launch, the idea that you had that you launch is coming back, you know, to you. And here you can celebrate, and um, and then you have like this new space where you can think about your next action. Because uh, in ones, uh, ones talk about action, about inspiration, about ambition. So having uh, the number of creativity three. 
mm-hmm. uh, combined with vision with fire. And when we talk about fire, it's all, also the eyesight, like what we see in front of us. So what I see, is it what I want? Uh, do I want to go there or should I bring it to myself? So in three of wands, we have that type of energy where we are visually responding to what's happening around us and waiting something to come back mm-hmm. so that we can celebrate it. So it's, it's like a really nice energy, nice um, youthful energy and ambition. And it's almost like this new spark is, um, is lighting us up in a way. So it's, it's very kind of celebratory um, uh, energy in that, in that card. Yeah, so maybe this is the, t- the time where we've initiated something at the new moon, right? And we, we've sent our ships out. And now we have to have some, some patience, perhaps, to, to see what they're going to return, what the, the fruits of our labors are going to be potentially. Um, well, a couple of interesting things I, I noticed about this moon is it's squaring the sun at the, at the, the degree of exaltation of the sun. So 19 degrees of, of Aries here is the exaltation degree of the sun. And some of the, the literature on Aries too talks about becoming a sovereign of your own particular world. Mm-hmm. So there is a, there's, a, there's a story in Aries that goes, you've got a Mars deck in where you're separating from the, the collective consciousness to become an individual you and then you are the administrator of your own world and then eventually there's a venus ruled deck in an aries where you are trying to gather followers with your charisma like arrows shooting the arrows of love and trying to inflame passions right but i think in this deck in you know trying to think about the conflict between the sun and the moon at this point because you know the squares are generally like they're tension points so I'm thinking about maybe we have a plan, but we're trying to figure out who are we within this group, uh, you know, of people that are building this ornate structure. Like, who, wh- who are we as individuals within this machine, machinery, you know, that is that is you know uh, making something, or within the 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 industry that we're in, or um, I don't know. I, there are some comparisons with like, uh, oh, what was it? Like factories, like producing things with, with Capricorn, you know? So I think that you may want to question at this point, who am I within this new reality that I'm trying to, to manifest within? And how do I maintain my individuality within these things that I've set in motion, right? And, and and also to be a little bit patient, because this may be a point where we may have a lack of patience, you know, because yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, well, we've done the hard work. Now we're ready for the, the rewards or the, the candy, right? <laughs> but, yeah, that's why I mentioned in the beginning yeah. uh, the, the story of, uh, of these big travels, you know, because like you have a bunch of people on a ship and everybody has... So they're trying to find the golden fleece. They're trying to, you know, be the heroes of their own story, but there is a ship with a bunch of people in it so uh the question is who is leading who is rowing the boat who is you know getting the sails up you know who is looking at the star um orpheus was also there you know playing the music so the side so the sirens don't you know um kind of get you away from your path so like everybody has something but there's always a question who is uh bold enough uh to kind of um 
get us through the seas of, you know, Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces that are so mysterious and so dark. So when our journey begins with the new moon in Capricorn, it's the start of the journey where we are on the shore getting into that boat and going into this adventure that we don't know where we are. And then after passing that whole kind of trip and, you know, getting bolder because we survived, you know, we have this vision. Yes, I'm the one, I'm the hero. And we mm -hmm. can see that, you know, in this moon in Aries where you want to be the, the one, but right. it's, you know, with the sun, are you really the boss? Are you really the one that we should follow? So there's where this kind of tension yeah. comes in this, in the square. Like, am, am I really the one that's stable enough, you know, uh, but I, I'm passionate, I'm emotional about it. So this is the thing that comes to my mind when I'm looking at this square is the question, am I really the one and just being emotional about it and going all out, you know, because well, every ship needs a good captain, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so maybe this is a question of who who's really the captain of the ship uh, that that we're well, we're yeah. sailing into the unknown here. So, yeah, I love that. Um, so take your time. I think that the other thing that to consider is that everybody doesn't have to be the captain of every ship so sometimes a good a ship needs support people and a good crew so i think that's another thing to ask yourself is are you more comfortable being the captain of the ship or are you more comfortable in a supportive role and yeah. then there's no shame in that like there's no. there's plenty of spiritual grace that comes from the humility necessary to to maybe take a, a more of a background position so and service in a way service. you know exactly the, the virgo thingy like you know s serving others for the greater kind of cause and being the base of that you know pyramid yeah. in a way it's it's very honorable position um sometimes even more honorable than being uh, you know at the helm or you know being the captain so so having like a good support group or being the supporter is what's really important i agree 100 percent Gail is saying, this is a wonderful presentation. Thank you, Gail. Thank you for stopping by today. I appreciate uh, your your comment, and I'm glad that you're benefiting from our talk today. I'm really excited. And Andrea, this has really been you know fun. We've been going down a lot of different interesting um, pathways here. Uh, when we let's let's move forward a little bit and see what we see and we'll, and see what we get as we move towards this full moon. Um, I think that. A few things that I'm noticing as we get closer to the full moon, and I'm going to do another live uh, at the full moon with uh, my good friend Sam Bellier. Uh, that's going to be on, oh my goodness, what day is that? January the 12th. That's a Wednesday, January the 12th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, it, we're moving towards this point where we are getting the moon in a position of, of abundance. So maybe this is where the ships finally come in and we're saying, well, here's, look at the result of our hard work. Now, what do we do with all the, the excess? That was one of the things with this is the overflowing cup and saying, oh, we've got all these <laughs> wonderful resources. Now, what do we do? Do we give to charity? Do we invest it? What are we doing? So um, I guess one other thing I just wanted to point out around this period of time that I'm not sure a lot of other people talk about very often, but they should, is that right here, Saturn is about to make what's called its heliacal setting. And I feel like this is a really important moment that um, we need to start normalizing again in, in astrology, is the heliacal rising and settings of planets. And this is where Saturn is, 
is taking to its sickbed and becoming invisible and going under the beams of the sun. And the last time this happened was January 6th, 2021. And in America, that was a time of, of chaos where, where all the boundaries and the structures were being dissolved to, to be eventually for a new, um, a new blueprint to be put in place, a new administration, a new leadership. And it was confusing and it was, it was uh, traumatic but eventually it led to maybe some more stability. So I think that at this full moon, um, there may be some releasing of the organization that you have in your life where it may feel a little unsettling. Like maybe you hit some rough seas, <laughs> right? We're continuing our ship metaphor. Maybe you hit some, some tidal waves or something, but, but eventually it will lead again to, you know, uh, Saturn, becoming Kazemi in the heart of the sun and a renewal of structure. Uh, this is this is my daughter's birthday right here, January 17th. Aww. So she's she's going to be becoming an, a legal adult uh, oh. right at the time that Saturn is making its heliacal setting. So you can see that there's a new agreement that'll probably have to be made between yeah, new structures of being an adult right you know? an adult child versus a, adult child a, a, you know, child. a minor <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes that'll be fun everybody pray for me and uh, <laughs> i think it'll be all right she's she's a a, a, she's a little boss yeah she is a boss she's, she's a boss she's <laughs> we'll, we'll be all right we have pretty good communication as a family so that that's the key is is always communicating everyone's changing needs at various moments. And I think that's the best way to, to move forward with that type of thing. For sure. um, Hollis is in the chat says, I would like a reading that gives a paper guide to make it simple, knowing what the year's projections are for me and the world. I guess this is not possible. Um, I don't know. Well, maybe that is something we could, we could do eventually and, and make a, a something that you could read for the for the year's transits. I'm sure that there are stuff like that. I haven't made one yet, but maybe that's something I can incorporate for <laughs> you all. All right. I think that's what we've got for as far as the transits here. Anything else that you wanted to add for the just the transit part of our show here? Hmm. Well, well there there is a lot a lot so I would just go back, you know, to um exp rather than just going to the extremes, you know, and being kind of fearful because it's, we're getting into a new year. We don't know, like there has been a lot of restructuring in the world, a lot of new rules, regulations. So think about what you can do in, in the, in your own space, mental, physical, uh, emotional space. Uh, who are your teammates? Who is your ship crew? Uh, where are you going? Where are you traveling? And kind of play around with it and explore in every like in every part of your life where you can, uh, you know, rethink about your values and uh, why are you doing certain things and um, kind of say goodbye to the old things. Because mm -hmm. as we see, the planets are very uh, in, in January, they're very kind of evolutionary and they're like like this really sea you know see like the the laws of the sea you you never know what's going to happen so take you know go day by day um yeah. and do what you can do inside of your own boundaries and if you have to step out of them you know know why you're stepping out of the boundaries and um yeah try try to build good structures with good people you know people who share your vision yeah. And I think, you know, we can, we can really sail into this year um, with much more ease in a way. 
mm. knowing that we can do what we can do and controlling what we can control and letting go of things that are bigger and greater than we are. So that would be my kind of thought, the sum of my thoughts. I love it. I I love the surrender aspect of that too, because a lot of times the mistakes we make are from thinking that we always have to be the ones in control. Yeah. It all comes from fear. You know, there's like a lot of fear, especially when you have Saturn there, you know, and, and the, the story of, um, of the, uh, the little goats getting out of, you know, the, the children goats, goats getting Um, out of the sea and, you know, trying to turn back time. That's, that's the fear of, you know, of, something happening and in this like in the modern society we experience a lot of fear around everything around the security around money around health uh, around love you know Mm -hmm. being a tarot reader i listen to it daily there's always so much fear and there is a little little surrender really little surrender because we don't even know what it means to kind of surrender you know sometimes in some ways, you don't have to surrender completely, you know, and lose your structure, but wherever you can ease a little bit in your daily routine, it means a lot, like sticking a label in your refrigerator that says salad and not having to think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's already, you know, a yeah. step, yeah. you know, and, and having some joy in, in little things, you know, so basically that's that's what I like letting go of that fear and if if you know a fear is needed then maybe it should be more constructive in a way that you know we can say to ourselves yes I feel fear around this situation but what can I do about it and that could bring us a little bit of that control you know so that that can plant a seed of owning your experience and owning your emotions but still being able to move forward with those emotions without them like you know kind of like like a sea without you sinking into them in a way so that's that's what i would like to tell mm-hmm. to everyone is ease up where you can ease up and restructure where, where it really needs to be restructured so oh, yeah balance is the key i mean yeah, balance sure. i mean look at the this i wanted to bring this in real quick because this, this is such a beautiful um message that you're sharing with us today is you know i'm doing this uh this tarot meditation with the tarot and the gates of light with with Mark Horn. I don't know if I've, I've talked about that in the show. I I got the book somewhere, but (laughs) today's meditation is the eight of wands and the seven of wands, which is hold, which is uh, the, is the the energy of surrender and humility and netzak, which is endurance. And uh, there's various words for endurance, mastery, victory, but, it's sort of like you know standing your ground versus surrendering to the energy but they're they're balancing points mm-hmm. like you have to have these two th- energies balanced to be able to have a a, a manifestation that is healthy so there's going to be times where you are going to have to stand your ground and you're going to have to fight for what you want there's going to be other times where you're going to have to submit to the time of you know and to the divine that has a greater plan than what you have yeah. and you know just being present and being flexible, I think is the key there is like saying, like you were saying, like, what is the, 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 what is required of you in that moment? Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've been preaching on this show is there are new responsibilities and new circumstances that we have as a society and as a community mm-hmm. that require new methods. And I think that's my summary thoughts with that moon is, we have been asked to do things in a very new way 
And if we try to bring old methods to something that requires a new innovative method, then that's when we start to get off track. So be willing to, to incorporate something new into your experience and, and tune into what is really necessary yeah. in that moment, right? Um, Hollis is saying, I love, I'm loving this combination of astrology with tarot. It's very instructive, spontaneous with structure. Yeah, I'm, I love uh, the tarot and the way that it really gives us a visual narrative, right, for the, the, the transits that we're experiencing. Um, a couple other integrative divination techniques that I like to bring in, right, is the some animal symbolism, and I think you have some some experience with with animal symbols and and uh, guides that we're utilizing. And I picked a, a, f a funny little animal this week, but I think it I think it it really speaks to some of these energies. I, I pulled the hedgehog. What what do you have for us with hedgehogs here, Andrea? Well, uh, uh, I had a lot of them in my life uh, as as um, kind of su uh, a surprise pet type of thing, where I would find them. We because we have a, a really nice backyard, and my hometown uh, of Velikogorica is such a small, teeny tiny town, and there are a lot of forests around us, surrounding us. So you can see in this urban area a lot of like forest animals coming in. Mm -hmm. So we would have a lot of hedgehogs and we would like save them from my cats and my dogs because, you know, they're they are having like all the, the little spikes on their backs, but they are tiny. So they need protection. So we would bring them in. And it was amazing. You know, um, I like the, the hedgehog as spiritual animal or, or a totem because um, even though they have the spikes and they can like, you know, shield themselves by turning into a little bull. Um, once you have their trust, they open up like a flower and they show you their belly. So this is a really, really nice um, way of you knowing what type of energy are you uh, kind of exuding out? Is that the word? Right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. shining out the energy because uh, the faster the hedgehog opens, the more secure it feels. Right. So here you can see when you work with this totem, if you know, if you're visualizing a hedgehog, the faster it opens, the more calmer you are. So this is like a good, like, um, like a, a little check-in, you know, if, if you want to meditate with that animal is like imagine, imagining that you're holding it in, it, in, in your hand, hands. And if it spikes you, you know, you're really tense, you know, because they're, they're, they, they want to curl up in a ball and protect themselves. But also, like if they open up, you know, you can you can feel the soft little belly and you know see their their little cute faces and their little eyes because they're right. really good. Also, what I love about them, they're such great opportunists and very creative in finding food. Yeah. You know, uh, ours would steal our cats' food. You know, outside. So you know, there, there is, there's always a food for them. You know, and they know right. how to, you know, how to navigate and see good in the dark, which is really great. So you have like this little teeny tiny armored nocturnal animal that is very opportunistic and knows how to you know how to see in the darkness and see where is the chance you know to survive and how to protect itself from uh, other predators like owls or you know ravens and craw crows so it's it's really they can be very fast but they can be very silent it's a very mutable kind of animal you know that is very tiny but also very brave and opportunistic so it's it's really it's it's a good animal for this energy because it tells you that you can be mutable. Also, they they can be found sometimes, you know, kind of roaming together 
-hmm. you know, you can see like four or five of them, you know, you know, trying to find food. So when I one... think that's amazing that you that yeah. they are indigenous to your area because we we don't have them in the wild really? in the states. No. Yeah, we have a bunch of them, and so especially that's crazy. Yeah, and they they they're like constantly. Uh, you can see them like when the weather gets cold. They're like they're starting to be more kind of sluggish because of the cold, you know, mm -hmm. cold air and cold temperature. So they're trying to, you know, just to curl up somewhere under the ground, you know, like sleep. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you can see with them, you can really see the cycles of, of the year, like when to scavenge, when to be like full force, go find, you know, food, eat, have babies, you know, and then just, just curl up and, and go to sleep and, and not to go outside when it's really dark and really cold in the winter right. or in, in the autumn time. So it's, there, there's a lot to learn about them. And as I said, you know, they're very, they're, it is a very powerful totem working with them because you can check in with your kind of inner inner state so man managing your energy right yes. and yes. for the appropriate time of year mm. um yeah like and you know those spikes are important too because we could be maybe there's a situation where we're feeling defensive or where we're trying to be protective of one ourselves and um you know believe that in some of the research i was doing that they're you know mostly solitary but sometimes they will come together like you were saying with little groups yeah. of of friends yeah. uh so so maybe if we're too isolated maybe we need to come together with people to oh, yeah. to uh work on a project um you it's i have here that they see better in the dark you know than in the light time so maybe we have to trust our intuition um they eat insects that, that's another thing that they so so maybe there's a pest in your life that you need to watch out for one interesting fact that I came across is that they're immune to snake venom. Yeah. So that is really cool. And, and to me speaks to uh, really, you know, being able to roll with the punches. Like if, if you get someone who's criticizing you or you have something, a situation where you have a competitor or something like that, um, it just, you know, you could take take the bite and just like roll off of it you know just you know like not, not, yeah and it, it really talks to us reacting to toxic situations like yeah. if we take a, a snake as a symbolism for something that's toxic mm -hmm. or a kind of you know a venom um them not reacting to it and not taking it into their kind of into their bodies or as we can like if we talking like spiritual matters like not taking it into your energy field right. in a way um and just like shaking it off and going away because you're you're secure enough in your own body and your own energy that you're not letting anything get or penetrate into into that field of yours right. so this, this is also a great message you know having like that being secure enough in yourself and having like that self-confidence that you can really roll with the punches and just like get out and not you know, not, not take it in, into yourself right. in any way, you know? Well, cause not everyone is gonna, you know, like you, <laughs> you know, that's just yeah. something I've had to learn as a, you know, we're Leo ascendants, right? We want everyone to like us, but it just isn't possible. It's just, yeah, I think that on some level, if you're being completely true to yourself, mm. you're, you're just not going to be everything for everyone and that's okay. And yeah. I think that that's another message of that hedgehog is just, you know, if someone, if you're not someone's cup of tea, take it in stride and move on. You know, I think that that's a, uh, you're different strokes for different folks. And 
One other last note about the hedgehog that I thought was pretty interesting is that they're lactose intolerant. They can't, yeah. they can't drink milk. Nope. Um, and I thought that that was a really interesting synchronicity with the moon in its exile and the yeah. moon in Capricorn. The, the mother's milk. Right, right. So we may, we may be not really able to have the type of parental nurturing. Yes, yes. And I, and I was reading in this book, I know people have been asking me more about books. This is Mythic yeah. Astrology by Liz Green. Um, this is actually the guide to her mythic tarot deck. Uh, awesome book. I found it used on, uh, I believe, on eBay or something like that. Um, but she, she's talking, yeah, she's talking about Saturn and as uh, in Capricorn in particular, as being like the the test of being your own inner parent. Where if you're if you're not really having the 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 mother type that you could. Uh, that could take care of you, you're forced into situations where you have to take responsibility and, and to be mature. And I think that that's part of this new moon too, because we may not have access to like some benevolent parental mm -hmm. figure. We have to become that for ourselves and for others and through hard work, through through grinding it out on some level too. Okay, um, last thing. Thanks for everyone for sticking with us today. Thanks for all these wonderful comments. Um, Raven is talking about all these thoughts are right in tune with my personal tarot readings for myself. All right, we're 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 sending oracular messages then. Uh, coming to problems <laughs> with a new approach, Raven says. So I, I love that. Um, so we've got one more divinatory method here for you today. We did an I Ching, and the I Ching that came up was number twenty nine, mm -hmm. and that one translates to the abyss, um, yeah. water. This is water on top of water, danger, darkness, despair. Uh, it requires courage and devotion, maintaining faith, pushing through the rapids, getting through to the other side. Um, and we have four changing lines. So this is a very fluid situation that tells me when you have that many changing lines. And I'll, re I'll read them. Yeah. So we'll go through that and then we'll reflect on this here. So line number two says, the abyss is dangerous. Try to achieve small things only. So we, you and I were both talking about those daily habits um, maybe not trying to be too ambitious. Um, some obstacles can't be overcome all at once. If there's problems that come up in your life, um, it probably took a while to get to that point of decay, and it may take a while to build out of it. Um, some long-term issues that may require patience and perseverance. Try to keep your head above water with small improvements. Line number four says, a jug of wine along with a bowl, earthenware vessels, lowered by a rope through a window in the end no blame now that one is a little bit uh that was a little vague big. right yeah um so one of the things that i came up with with this is that i really like this this uh interpretation of the I Ching by jack balkan he had a really great book i believe it's called the laws of change and he talks about earthenware as being a symbol of simplicity and sincerity and this jug of wine being lowered by a rope through a window means that we may be feeling like we're in some kind of prison or we're within these boundaries or inside the walls that Saturn could create in Capricorn. But there may be this little window of hope, you know, this little window of like being able to see to the outside world type of thing. And that's sometimes what we have to connect with. Um, and he talks a lot about the content and the essence being more important than form in this one. 
Uh, so drop pretenses, return to basics, release clutter. I think that's, the, we've been talking about Kanmari, right? <laughs> like Kanmari, your refrigerator, trust me. <laughs> it'll it'll, it'll uh, open up some, some mental space for other things. Line five says the abyss does not overflow. It is only filled to the rim, no blame. So in this line, Jack talks about releasing overly ambitious plans. Again, the, the, the downfall of this card is hubris and, and trying to build that tower to the divine through material means. So going with the flow and swimming with the current, we've, we've had a lot of ocean metaphors here and ship metaphors. So one of the things that can get you in trouble in the sea is, is not paying attention to which way the current is going or which way the wind is blowing. So pay attention. Don't force it. Um, there's a, some kind of danger that you may have to escape first before your, your plans can take root. And then the last line is number six. It says, bound with cords and ropes, placed in a thicket of thorns. For three years, one achieves nothing, misfortune. So the I Ching is always going to give us a blend of like positive and negative messages and warnings. And I think we've got three lines that talk about how you can get out of danger. But the sixth line says, if you, you know, cords were ceremonial symbols of authority used in criminal sentencing, according to, to Mr. Balkan. So there may be something where we, I want you to reevaluate the direction that you're heading, because there may be a, a, a part of your life, not your whole life, but maybe a small portion where you may be heading in or tunneling in a, in a direction that isn't the most productive. And it's important, I think, to return to the spiritual path to take stock and wait out some of the difficulties. Because a lot of the times, remember, endurance can be both active and passive. So we can endure by fighting for something, but we can also endure by waiting out some troubles. So I think that that's, you know, some of the things that could put us in the, the direction that is uh, dangerous are things like pride, stubbornness, being obstinate or self-indulgent, you know, doing a project that's in service of your ego rather than in service of your community. Um, that's a big one, I think, to, to be aware of. Um, thoughts about that before we move on to the next hexagram? Any big picture Well, thoughts? I love this one with the abyss, as, as, as yeah. we mentioned before, because, you know, we're moving into something that is, in the simple words, abyss. So it can be, you yeah. know, we can go through it really easily if we if we are very present or we can be really cocky and filled with ego and think, yeah, I'm just going to go to the abyss and then be eaten by the abyss. Mm. And also, I, I think that like when you say the, the, the kind of passive quality of, you know, kind of being there and being present and being active in a passive way is something that moon does you know mm -hmm. like moon takes the informations on the outs from the outside even a new moon as the seed you know takes everything from the outside and then passively waits until everything cooks and then it starts to kind of grow and go into a new story right. so when we got this uh, um, this kind of itching symbols and the lines it was really you know about that being passive even if you're you know even if you're kind of you know bound by cords and ropes uh, if you struggle it's going to be hard but if you you know if you loosen your body then you mm -hmm. create some space to get out of that situation so you know right. kind of respecting what's going on around you before being fully active on by by being receptive and passive it's a good way you know and a good energy and a good meditation for us to really think about you know what it means to be passive especially again modern society very active very let's go let's do that 
and you know uh, introducing something as being passive and in yoga we have like a lot of asanas that are bounding you you know so you have to breathe inside that really difficult asana that is completely like you're like a pretzel you know so if you move you can really injure your body but if you relax and ease into it the new space in your body is being created and if you breathe in through that even more space is created so you know breathing and 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 being you know soft and receptive to what's happening around you is a good you know good thing to be aware of especially now so yeah. Well, that's a great balancing energy to maybe what could be considered the rigidity of yeah. of Capricorn and, and Saturn, because it's skeletal structure. But yeah. like you were saying, like, it's important to 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 focus on the breath to be flexible within mm -hmm. um, these circumstances, because to me, the abyss is like, we don't actually know what we're getting into yeah. right now. Yeah. It's it's darkness. It's yeah. something that is, we don't have all the answers, and we don't have all the information yet. And when you're in a situation where you're in darkness, it can be very dangerous if you're not proceeding with caution and flexibility and being aware of your surroundings. So um, I would say pr proceed with caution, you know, like not being so defensive that you lose touch with things like, like with other people or become too isolated, like the hedgehog, right, was saying. And then this moves to the hexagram number 35, which is called progress, advance, recognition, proceeding forward. And there's a little quote that uh, I have here that says, uh, honored with horses in great numbers in a single day, granted an audience three times with the king. So yeah. if you play your cards right, mm -hmm. you, you may be able to advance forward with, with humility. Um, if you stay connected to that spiritual goal, um, that's a very positive resolution if we, if we avoid the challenges of, of the sixth line, which are maybe being overly ambitious and connecting with those negative things. All right. Well, I think we did it, Andrea. Yeah. I think we did it. I'm looking at the chat here. We've got a few people just saying, uh, Taria is saying so many same themes that come mm -hmm. in my astrology work lately. Very interesting. And Taria is one of our friends from Finland. So thank you for stopping by, Taria. Uh, Nino says, very interesting so far. Thank you, Nina, for being here to Nino, Nino, sorry, Nino for being here so far. Um, really, really happy to have all our, our European friends stopping by today. I love how, how international um, the crowd is here on the channel. It, it fills me with joy because I, I, I love exploring with all of you and getting to see how all the different cultures operate. And it's just, it's a lot of fun for me. So thank you. Um, we have another, let me see, Omundo Segundo Umo Sagittariana. That's an awesome username. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wish Kanmari did a program about how to best organize electronic data and academic mm -hmm. records. Yeah, that's, I'm yeah, sure that's, there's something yeah. out there. But yeah. I agree that this, this can be another point of clutter in our life is in this digital world, right? So that could be another thing to examine mm -hmm. as, we, as we approach a Mercury retrograde. Just mm -hmm. make sure you back everything up before you start deleting things, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, EK says, great animal pick. Yes, the, the hedgehog was a good one for this one. Um, we have Lisa saying, on point. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for being here with us today. And then Nino is wishing everyone all the best in 2022 as well. All right. Well, that's, I think, what we've got for today. Um, thank you so much, Andrea, for, for being here today. Uh, thank you for bringing Croatia into our experience and, and all your friends here. Um, We've got a, a great, a great community. Thank you, all of you. Thank you, Dimphy. 
that is uh, saying, talking about the Yoga Sutras in, the, in a final comment here, um, says, apart from the asanas and yoga, there is as well the breath work, the, pr the pranayama and the reading the Yoga Sutras. Really beneficial, I can vow. Although it remains difficult not to have negative thoughts. Yeah, I mean, there's always some good stuff that can come out of having a balanced spiritual practice with the physical and the mental. Um, and then Rachel says, I joined very late today, but so happy to be here from Ireland. Oh, welcome. Uh, real privilege to discover your work this year, Spencer. Look forward to following the stars with you in 2022. All right, I'm all happy to, to keep doing this work for all of you. And we've got some uh, wonderful uh, other comments coming in. Thank you, all of you. Thank you for the super chat. Lisa, I appreciate your donation. Um, thank you for the little kitty or fox there. And um, so, Andrea, where can we find you again? Let's uh, let's figure out where we can get your yeah, service. So the, the best way is to get to my Instagram, which is spacetigertero9. I have a link tree there so you can see all of my links. Uh, currently, I'm having a, a giveaway for a tarot reading. So if you want to go follow me, check that out. Um, it will be until uh, January 2nd. So you have still you have time to enter that giveaway. Uh, there will be three winners, so three addition, uh, auditions uh, at my place. Um, nice. And um, yeah, and also if you like to check my other work, uh, I work for my family company called Azena. We do natural cosmetics and herbal teas and remedies that our grandfather started 40 years ago. And it's a, a labor of love between um, my brother, uh, my cousin and me. And all of our family that's you know gathered around there that and our friends and colleagues and i mean that's basically our extended family so you can check that out also and yeah i'm open for you know for chatting for exploring uh i'm new to astrology so thank you so much for patience and uh thank you so much for patience because i'm not a native english speaker so this was <laughs> this was interesting sharing my no, thoughts uh, in a different language and yeah, yeah, I really, I, I really love what you know the new year is bringing um, to all of us. There, there's going to be definitely new opportunities, and I hope that we can play around with them and explore, um, like you know, great astrology and and your work also on uh, on Dickens. I I really love it. Um, so the the Virgo one and the Libra one. So I I cannot recommend that enough. Definitely, people should check your work out and please do more. Yeah. No. I'm well, for, for all of you out there, Capricorn Deccan's webinar is uh, yeah. going to be on January the 15th, Saturday, January the 15th at 1 p.m. Today is the last day for the 20% off discount with the, the code Capricorn20. So if you're on the fence, go sign up. Uh, previous Deccan's are in the store on my website, spencermichaud.com. Um, and I think that's, that's what we've got for the day. Thank you all for stopping by today. Visit Andrea support her tarot and her family company which is utilizing traditional croatian uh medicine is that correct natural yes. medicines very natural. cool very yeah. cool all right so we will see all of you the next time thank you so much for hanging out and i wish you all a happy new year and we'll see you the next time peace bye